Welcome back to No Manuals for This Life with your boy, Sean Cleveland. We're going to continue on that road I started down the other previous episode when we were talking about the fact that black lives matter and we needed to focus on this. And we're going to continue discussing topics that are going on in today's society because, like I mentioned earlier, when you have a platform, you have to speak up and you have to say something. Voices must be heard. A silent voice is not a weapon. And in a war where weapons are used against you, you need to find your own weapon to respond. So in today's segment, we're just going to pick out a few topics that I've been discussing with people I know, people I come across, or things I just have opinions on. So we're going to call this segment that, opinions. And always remember, I am no professional. Yes, I have degrees. Yes, I have credentials. But I'm not an expert. These are just my opinions and my perspective about certain topics and I just want to share them with you guys okay so the first thing I'm going to give an opinion on let's start with the idea of voting this is a huge pet peeve for me first let me start by saying that everyone of course has the right to feel the way that they feel and if they choose not to vote that's a choice that they do as an individual obviously have the right to make But the thing that irks me or bothers me is when someone that does not exercise their right to vote, especially a minority or a black person in particular, complains about the country and and how it is and all the bad things going on, all the bad laws and the bad rules. My thought is if you do not use the power that is given to you, although it is limited and a deceptive power, and exercise your right to vote, then you, in my opinion, have also given up your right to complain about the system and the rules needing to be changed. If you don't do anything about it and you don't act on it when you have the power to do so, then shut the heck up. Shut your mouth. Stop complaining if you're not going to try to stop what's going on and you got the power to do so, even if the power in your mind is only symbolic. See, this is not to say that the power in voting automatically or successfully translates into noticeable and beneficial change. I'm not naive enough to say or believe that. However, it is a place to start working towards the process of change. And I do want to take a moment and point out to my listeners that voting only for the president is not the way to impact legislative change. As a citizen, you need to exercise your right to vote in every election, especially those connected to Congress and the Senate and those areas of government where the people you vote for actually draft, propose, and pass the laws that directly affect our everyday lives. When you want laws to change, you need to vote in lawmakers. Listen to that again. When you want the laws to change, you need to vote in the lawmakers that feel the way that you do so that they will create those laws that reflect your shared feeling. Our counterparts do it all the time. And I have an interesting antidote about voting that gives a clear opinion of another point of view that I have. Okay, one day I was speaking with someone that I know that happens to be Caucasian and is very supportive of the Black Lives Matters movement and was so angry about how broken he feels the system of voting in America is. He was going on and on about how the system is broken. It doesn't listen to the people. It excludes minorities by robbing felons of their right to vote because it's disproportionate. Because a disproportionate number of felons in America are black 
as opposed to being white. So that means more black people don't get to vote and you hold their right to vote away from them to offset the balance of power when it comes to electing representatives. Then he was like, right, Sean? Tell him. You understand. And you agree, don't you? It was hilarious because I smiled. And I calmly told him that I couldn't disagree with him more. He was dumbfounded. And then I went on to say, I don't think that the voting system or any other system in America that discriminates against black people, women, and anyone is broken at all. He stopped dead in his tracks and was like, what? How can you of all people say something like that? I said, well, let me say it again. I do not think that the voting system or any other system that discriminates against black people, women, and any other group is broken at all. I actually believe that the voting and every other racist and discriminatory system in this country is working just fine. They are all doing exactly what they were set up and designed to do. These systems were not designed to include black people and to be equitable to them. So they are working extremely well, especially at the present moment. People are just being blown away by it and reacting to it now because we are living in a time period where it has all come to the surface and people can no longer say that it doesn't exist, it doesn't happen, or it doesn't happen that often, or it only happens to the bad ones that deserve it. All of those excuses used not to pay attention to a crisis that has been around in America since its inception have been blown up. But think about this for a second. People still deny that anything is wrong with the system. And people still support a system that they know is flawed. And worst of all, some of the people, some black people, vigorously support it too. And that is the worst part of it all. That's the worst part about it. Think about it like this. If there was this horrible person that was set on destroying the world and everybody and your group was going to be targeted by him first. Everything he said was against your group. Everything he did was against your group. But you, as part of that group, instead of denouncing him like everyone else does or keeping your mouth shut, you go over to this horrible person and you meet with him and you stand next to him. And out of your mouth, you said, well, maybe he's not that bad. That is the worst thing you could possibly do. And the reason that is, is because by your standing next to this horrible person, you validated him. Some people that were on the fence or that were questioning what's going on or if he was really that bad, because you're standing next to him and they value you, especially if you're a celebrity or a famous person and you're standing next to this evildoer that's trying to destroy everyone in your group, but you're saying he's not that bad, some people in your group that he's trying to blow up and destroy are eventually going to say, what? He's not that bad. And that's what's going on in America right now. So let's take a minute and I'll come back with my opinion on some other things that have been brought up to me recently. Now, um, the next topic I'm going to touch on that I get to talk about a lot lately, I, I probably don't speak on it as vigorously or as in-depth as I do some other topics is the defunding of the police in America. Now, that, that's a big issue with all the police brutality going on, all the discrimination going on. This is a key issue. They think 
it's the symbolism of racism, the way the police are acting. I mean, some people are right. I mean, it's the manifestation of there being the extension of the the powers that be, the people in control of our society that have these racist beliefs against black people are using the police as the extension. They're probably not necessarily telling them to do it, but the fact that when these acts of brutality and murder and assassination take place, the fact that the powers that be sweep it under the rug and protect it and use their media outlets to downplay it and convince people that the blue lives of murderers matter more than the black lives of victims. It's crazy, but let's jump into it. So this topic that has been provoking heavy conversation is the idea that we should defund the police department because of the widespread cases of discriminatory police brutality. The public is screaming for justice and change because almost on a daily basis, stories of brutality, murder, and disregard for human rights of black people come out about the group of people that are paid to protect and serve us on a daily basis. And that protect and serve is supposed to refer to everyone. But even with this being the case, I don't believe that defunding the police force solves a problem. See, a society needs a force in place to enforce the laws and, and maintain order. It's a necessity to prevent chaos and anarchy. So the idea of a group of people hired to make sure that the laws are enforced is not the problem, in my opinion, or from my point of view. To me, the problem is the fact that everyone that acts contrary to maintaining a peaceful social order, including those hired to do it directly need to be punished and held accountable. Simply put, not all police officers are bad, just like not all black people are threats or bad people. We simply need to weed out the police officers that are bad, that are racist, that commit criminal acts, that violate the rules and constantly receive discipline and constantly receive disciplinary actions and write-ups and things of that nature and have those files sealed but yet are allowed to remain police officers. The bad cops that break the rules and that violate people's rights and that kill black people need to be punished to the full extent of the law and can no longer be protected. That's what I believe the problem is. And for the system of policing to truly change, the people that protect the bad elements within the police force must be weeded out as well. I believe we need a police force as a society but we do not need a racist one. But realistically, in a society where the idea that people of color, specifically black people, are less than their Caucasian counterparts, where that is acceptable, and where every media outlet of supposed or supposed merit portrays black people as a threat, the way the police treat black people should come as no surprise. And the fact that they get away with it on a regular basis, a daily basis, should come as even less of a surprise. This is so sad, but it is so true. I'm putting this out there, so anyone with any thoughts, comments on it, come back and let's talk about it. So let us continue. Next, someone asked me, what is my opinion on upswinging gun registration and gun purchasing across the country. 
that's a great question because when I was doing some research after talking about this, I was blown away. Um, some guns aren't available. There are types of nine millimeter bullets and things of that nature that aren't even available. So think about this. There is such an upswing in gun licensing and gun purchasing that there is a shortage or now a restriction in certain areas about the guns you could buy. And there's a shortage of available bullets for those guns. That is when you think about the implications behind something like that. It's like, whoa, to me. So let's dive into how I answered the question. I had to sit and think about this question for a good while before I answered it because people are out there listening and I believe this is too big of a topic to respond to irresponsibly with pretty or inflammatory rhetoric. So I thought about it like this. We currently live in a country where our political leader does not believe in truth and promotes a mode of thinking that oftentimes sounds like racist hate speech toward groups that don't look like or represent his interests. And it is a time where there is a clear racial divide. So people are afraid. And as always, the people in control that obviously want to remain in control fan the flames of those fears. So because we have leadership, and I use the term loosely, leadership that feeds the fire of fear as opposed to putting out the flames and promoting a peaceful understanding and coexistence that has resulted in a white America exercising their constitutional right to bear arms at a higher rate, afraid that the blacks are finally about to revolt or try to take away their position of privilege. They are prepared to force them violently back into their place of accepted subjugation, as has historically been the case. However, on the flip side, the dramatic upswing in my opinion, and this is just an opinion, on the other side of it, for the first time, black people are realizing that at some point, in order to get a bully's attention, you have to speak to him in his own language. So they are finally realizing that a person with a gun is less likely to pull his gun and point his gun at you when he knows that and sees that you have a gun too, so that you can also point back at him. Bullies oftentimes lose some of their courage and aggression once they realize that they no longer have the clear, safe, and decisive upper hand or advantage. It has been the practice of the oppressor to teach its subjugated people peaceful resolutions to conflict, and I have always believed that the reason is because they wanted to control the narrative and the response. It's just like America today. Think about it. The people that are killing black people and disregarding them as human beings also want to control how black people respond to the treatment. They tell you what the appropriate response to their treatment of you should be. And then they get upset when you don't listen. Simply put, the people oppressing you want you to allow them to oppress you. And if you resist the oppression, they get mad at you for not letting them oppress you. We live in a society today where the powers that be say it is okay to commit violent acts against and to kill black people. But then they say it's not okay for black people to respond to being killed with any type of aggressive emotion. So in short, they want to kill you and then tell you how to react to being killed. And they firmly believe that there is nothing wrong with that mode of thinking. 
Well, black people disagree. And they disagree openly now and are saying that peaceful protests do not work. So now it's time to legally exercise my right to buy a firearm and use it to protect myself, my family, and everyone that looks like me and is a target of racially motivated violence and injustice. That's my overall take on the upswing and gun purchasing and people getting their gun licenses in America today. One side wants to defend what they've always defended, their right to have privileges and be in a position of power, while the other side feels like, you know what? I'm tired of turning the other cheek. I have no cheeks left. You already punched me in both of them. You sick of my cheeks now. You cut in my throat. You shoot me in the back. Now, black people are tired of it, and so is the rest of the world, or a big portion of the rest of the world. Everyone's fighting to change it. And that's a beautiful thing, and I appreciate it so much. And that is why I'm voicing my opinion and my perspective in the hope that everyone else does the same thing. Stand on your principles. Stand for what you believe is right. And fight for it. So that's it for today's episode of No Manuals for This Life with your boy, signing off, Sean Cleveland. Thanks for coming as always. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.